One of my favorite aspects about the Word of God is that all throughout it, you know, God was looking for um, specific people to do specific things. And so I always wondered, well, Lord, how do you decide, you know, who do you want to use and who do you not want to use? Uh, I believe that the Bible calls all of us. I believe that once that we got born again and we became a part of a body, that we have a very unique purpose and uh, there's a, an effectual power or working that we bring to the body. But a lot of times people don't, um, how do you say, take the time to find out exactly where they fit. And so I always like to go back and I like to look at some of my heroes of faith and I like to see, you know, how did they, you know, walk this walk of faith? What did they do? What did God ask them to do? What was their reasonable service? And so I like to always talk about gifting compared to character. And uh, maybe you're a very, very gifted person. Maybe God has gifted you in music. He's gifted you in, you know, figuring out hard things. Maybe God has, you know, given you, you know, the gift of being able to communicate or, or something along those lines. Those are wonderful things. But in the Bible, it was never really our gifting that was a pathway to promotion. It was our faithfulness. And I really like looking at uh, Old Testament Joseph. He's one of my favorite people in the Bible. Let's go to Genesis chapter 37, verse 3. And uh, Joseph really was the last of the patriarchs. When you get to the end of Genesis, uh, this is where Joseph, one of Jacob's 12 sons, um, we are kind of moving from uh, the patriarchs, and now we, after that we kind of move into Exodus and Moses and, and all of those things. So Joseph really is one of the last patriarchs. And what makes him so dynamic is that, you know, Joseph, kind of like Daniel, his entire ministry was done outside of Israel. His entire ministry actually took place in Egypt. And, uh, you know, we all kind of know the story of Joseph's life that, you know, Joseph was one of 12 brothers. Um, all of these brothers had different mothers. Uh, there was definitely a lot of, um, we'll just say, mommy and daddy issues uh, with these brothers. Uh, some of them were born by Rachel, some by Leah, some by their uh, maids. You know, uh, it was just kind of like a, almost like a contest to see who could produce more male children. But out of that, this is where you get the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, Joseph uh, was number, I believe, 11. And you know, whenever we talk about Joseph, we, we get this picture that, you know, God took Joseph and, and God put Joseph, um, you know, into the pit and God took Joseph and sold him into Egypt. And then God took, you know, Joseph and put him in prison. And then God took Joseph and then uh, you know, elevated him and made him almost the prime minister of all of Egypt. And, you know, there is a, there is a kind of a truth to that. But I just was, as I was going back and restudying this, um, was it really God's will and plan? Did Joseph have to go through everything that he went through in order to become the great man that he became? And uh, if you look at Genesis 36, excuse me, Genesis chapter 37, verse 3, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph, and Israel was Jacob's name that God gave him. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age 
and he made him a tunic of many colors. And uh, so right there we can see that, you know, if you're talking about playing favorites, that obviously Jacob really preferred Joseph, and it was because of who Joseph's mother was. Uh, Jacob really loved Joseph's and Benjamin's mother more than he loved Leah, more than he loved any of these maids. So for whatever reason, Joseph was just kind of his favorite. Well, because of that, it caused all the other brothers to despise him, to hate him, to not like him. And uh, Jacob or Israel did something. He gave Joseph this coat of many colors. It was a tunic. And so I did a little bit of research on what a tunic of many colors uh, symbolized. And uh, it symbolized favor. Uh, it actually symbolized potentially the birthright. Uh, it actually uh, symbolized that Joseph would assume family leadership. And I really like this. It was not a work garment like his brothers wore. It was made to stand out. It spoke of nobility, not hard work. And I think what happened with Joseph is because he was never favored, I mean, because he was so highly favored that he was not required to do what the other brothers did. If you'll notice that the other brothers were with the livestock, uh, they were constantly with the flock, but it seems like Joseph was always at home with his father. Now, if you read a little bit deeper into the story, we find out that Joseph also could interpret dreams. Joseph was a very talented, gifted young man. And one of the things that would get him in trouble was that at the beginning of his life, he would have these dreams, and instead of um, using his gifting to help other people, he would interpret his own dreams. And he had two sets of dreams where he saw, you know, the, the corn stalks bowing down to him and the stars bowing down to him. And when he told these dreams to his brothers and to his family, it did not help the situation at all. Matter of fact, it made them uh, hate him even more. Now, was he gifted? Yes. Was he good looking? Yes. Did he have all the physical tools and traits? that he needed to be successful, yes, but what was he lacking? He didn't have any character. He was not out there with his brothers learning how to be faithful, how to put his hand to the plow. Um, he was not out there learning um, how to work. And I'm not saying that we have to have a works mentality in order to work for God. But I do say that, you know, our character is vital. If we are heavily gifted, but we don't have character, pretty soon you're gonna see that character just kind of get burned up and that gifting get burned up along with it because they have to grow together in order for there to be a foundation for us to live off of. I have met so many talented people, so many talented people, a million times smarter than I am, stronger, faster, you know, able to um, discern uh, hard problems and mysteries and problem solvers. But yet when it came to work, they were always the ones that would never show up. They were always the ones that, you know, they try and stay as far away from work as humanly possible. And because of that, it limited how far they would ever go and how far they would ever grow. Because those are two things that have to grow together. Now, because of what Joseph did, but more importantly, really because of what Jacob did, it put Joseph at a deficit. If Joseph 
was treated like the other brothers, if he was made to go to work like the other brothers, if he was treated the same like the other brothers, then maybe he would not had to have gone through all that he went through in order to go be raised somewhere else. See, Jacob didn't raise him the way that he needed to be. Therefore, he had to go somewhere else to be raised so that he could then become what God was going to need him to be, and that was the savior of all of Israel because of the famines and things that were coming. Hopefully that makes sense. So, but I always wondered, why did he treat him that way? Let's rewind just for a second. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. And this is actually a story about Jacob, and this is before he became Israel. But in Genesis 25, 27, it's talking about Jacob and Esau. And it says of this, of both of them, it says, The boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Um, as you can see, uh, both Jacob and Esau were raised very, very differently. Esau was an outdoorsman. He was a hunter. Um, he was um, uh, very much liked to be outside, liked to be in the wilderness, liked to be in the country, liked to be in the nature, liked to be in all of the wilderness and things. He thrived there. But his brother Jacob was more of a, a softer person, the Bible says, that says that he was a mild man. Uh, when I look at him, he was probably a great studier. He probably enjoyed learning and whatever, um, however he could grow intellectually. The problem was is that he liked to stay in the tents. He was not a dweller. He never really did any hard work in his life. So just like his son Joseph, he was raised a little bit differently. It says Rebecca loved him more. And so he was kind of, I hate to use this term because it, sometimes it can be offensive, but, but he was kind of a mama's boy. You know, mom took care of him, um, looked out for him, tried to protect him and shield him from the harshness of the world that they lived in, you know, protected him from his father, protected him from Esau. And because of that, he was not able to grow. He was a very gifted young man, but he didn't grow. He didn't have any type of like a work ethic. He never did anything hard. He liked to stay inside. He liked to stay in the tent. He didn't like to be outside. And so what happened was is that once the, the whole ordeal with the birthright took place and Jacob had to flee, well, he went to his uncle Laban. And we all know what happens there. You know, he has to work for Laban for years, 14 years for two wives and then multiple other years. And Laban was not a good man and he would change his wages 10 times and, you know, he was very gruff. But you know what? Over those years, now all of a sudden Jacob learns what it means to put his hand to the plow, to be faithful, to work hard to work for another person. And I think this is very, very important when it comes to gifting versus character. I really like this scripture in Luke chapter 16, verse 12. It says, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? I think it's very, very important that when we, in any aspect of our life, you know, I'll just use this as an example. When Michelle and I went to Bible school, uh, and this was probably 
28 years ago. Uh, we were in a, a great Bible school. Uh, we were called. We found out what our calling was. But there were also people in that other, in our room that found out what their calling was. And some said that we're going to start a church or we're going to do all these things. And a lot of people just kind of jumped out and tried to do something on their own. Well, if you have a word from God and you're supposed to do that, well, then there's an anointing and a grace to do that. But what happened was is that they didn't jump out and go work for somebody else and kind of learn the ropes a little bit. They just went and started a church two blocks away. And let me tell you, it was terrible. Uh, what happened to them, marriages were destroyed. Uh, that churches, The churches are no longer there. They, they, the, the people, although they were called and gifted, to minister the word of God did not have any of the foundation on how to deal one-on-one -on -one with just people. And because of that, it caused destruction. So it's very, very important. Like when Michelle and I jumped out, we went to work for somebody. You know, we stayed on staff with Dr. Savelle for a number of years, came to West Houston Christian Center, began to serve. We stayed under my parents for 25 plus years until we became the lead pastors. We knew that it was important for us to be faithful in somebody else's before God would ever give something to us. And so this is something that Jacob never learned. And this is something that Joseph never learned. And because of it, because they missed out on that, then they had to go this other route so that they could be raised, so that they could be equipped, because both of them had very, very big ministries. But you can be the most gifted person in the world, but if you don't know how to deal with conflict resolution, if you've never developed faithfulness, uh, if you don't know how to problem solve, if you don't know how to seek God, if you don't know how to stand in faith, then when the first bit of trial or tribulation, the first problem shows up, then you don't know what to do and you fold. And so it's very, very important. One of my greatest examples of this is Samson. Samson was one of the most gifted men in the Bible but yet he wouldn't listen to anybody. His character never grew along with his gifting, and ultimately it cost him his life. It is very, very important that you and I be faithful somewhere. I believe in the house of God. I believe everybody's called, it's our reasonable service, to serve in the house of God. I believe that it is part of our function, our supply of the Spirit, that each one of us brings a supply and we serve in the house of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we earn what we get from God by works, but what it does mean is that when I'm working, when, as long as I keep moving, I'm gonna keep growing. The minute I stop, everything stops. It's vital, it's important that we serve, that we help, that we develop faithfulness. You know, if you wanna take your gifting to a whole new level, submit it to somebody else, let God work with you, let him develop your character so that you can go even farther. Amen. God bless you. We've enjoyed this. We'll see you next week.